Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me. Box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at I do want to encourage you to check out the Old Time Radio Superman Show over at OTRSuperman.com. We're in the process of restoring the podcast that I did from 2008 to 2018, playing every available episode of the Superman Radio program. We're restoring 12 episodes per week. So a lot of Superman, more than 600 episodes, uh, soon heading towards 700. Uh, check it all out over at otrsuperman.com, and you can check all of our podcasts out if you go to greatdetectives.net. I've got links to uh, all of them at the top of the page. Well, uh, now let's go ahead and get into today's episode of The Fat Man, the original air date. May the 5th, 1955, and the title is Murder Meets an Uncertain Lady. <laughs> There he goes into that drugstore. He's stepping on the scales. Weight, 239 pounds. Fortune, danger. Who is it? The Fat Man. Now, here is the fat man in Murder Meets an Uncertain Lady. This one began at cocktail time, in a club over on the east side. The music was good, the drinks were good, and the lights were nice and dim. So, I didn't stand out like a sore thumb the way I usually do when I'm out with a beautiful girl like Kathy. Penny, for your thoughts, Brad. Not these thoughts, baby. I wasn't thinking. What were you doing? Looking at that redhead at the second table over. She's been giving me the eye. Well, give it back. You're out with me. Not jealous, are you? I am when you start feeling thin. Can't help it, honey. Being with you gives me thin ideas. Cigarettes, cigars, cigarettes, cigarettes, sir. No, thanks. I've got plenty in my pocket. Cigarettes, cigarettes. Why the double take, Brad? Um... Don't look so innocent. That cigarette girl handed you a slip of paper under the table. I saw her. You've got sharp eyes, Angel Kate. All the better to see you with, my dear. What was it? A note? Uh-huh. From whom? That redhead at table number three. She wants me to dance with her. Well, that's nice. Who does she think I am? Your sister? Don't get sore, beautiful. The dame's in distress. How do you know? Listen, honey, when a dame wants to dance with me, she must be in distress. Mind if I find out what it's all about? Well, watch your step. She's awfully attractive. So are you, baby. I'll be right back. Good evening. <laughs> Table number three, I presume? Yes. How do you do, Mr. Runyon? Oh, you know my name. Well, I've heard about you. Your work, I mean. You're a detective, aren't you? That's right. Who are you? Well, uh, I'd rather not say You'd better if you want a dancing partner. What's the name? Julie. Julie Warwick. Miss? 
No, Mrs. Richard Warwick. But let's not talk about names. Let's just dance, huh? Okay, hang on. I'm not up on the minuet, but I can get by with a foxtrot. <laughs> Don't be so modest. <laughs> Why, you're awfully light on your feet. Watch your step, lady. I'm not so light on other people's. Now, what's this all about, huh? Come on, speak up, Mrs. Warwick. I can't help you if you don't. But I... I'm not sure if there's anything wrong. At least I haven't any real proof. Of what? Well, it's awful to say this, but I can't help thinking she wants him to die. Who? My husband. You see, she's done so many things that can't be explained. Unless she does want him to die. And yet... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's make some sense here, Mrs. Warwick. You think somebody is trying to kill your husband? Yes. Who? Well, I... Oh, it's no use, Mr. Runyon. I, I just can't tell you. Not until I'm absolutely sure. It may be too late, then. No, no. I can find out. I'm sure I can. So let's just forget about the whole thing until I do. If I need you again... I'll call you at your office. You've already called me, Mrs. Warwick. But I... I've changed my mind. You better tell me the rest of your story, Mrs. Warwick. It's taking too much of a chance to keep it a secret. Do you think so? With a man's life at stake, of course I do. Well... Well, all right. I'll tell you. Where can we talk? In my office. Meet me at the front door in five minutes and I'll take you there. Very well. At the front door. In five minutes. Right. Well, what happened, Brad? Didn't she like the way you danced? No, too old-fashioned. She seemed to have plenty to say to you while you were on the dance floor. What's it all about? Oh, just husband trouble. Come on, baby. Get your bonnet on. Where are we going? Well, you're going back to your apartment. For a while, anyway. I'm going to take the redhead up to my office. Business before pleasure, honey. She's got a case. Oh, what? I told you before, husband trouble. Excuse me, sir. Are you Mr. Runyon? Yeah, why? I have a message for you from Mrs. Warwick. What is it? Well, she just left, sir, but she told me to tell you she's changed her mind. Oh, you've got a nerve, Brad. Look, I came out here to see her husband. What for? Well, he's got a stake in this, too, you know. If somebody's getting ready to feed him ground glass, he ought to know. Yes. Oh, uh, is Mr. Warwick home? M- Mr. Richard Warwick? Why, yes. I'm Warwick. What's wrong? Well, nothing yet. But if you're not too busy, I'd like to have a little talk with you. About what? About your life, Mr. Warwick. Good heavens, man. What are you driving at? Well, I haven't all the facts yet, but from what I've heard, I have reason to believe you may be in danger. Are you joking? Not a bit. I'm a private investigator, Mr. Warwick. Jobs like this are my business. Well, I don't know your business, but I'm an attorney. And if you think you can frighten me into giving you a job, you've rung the wrong doorbell. Just a moment, Mr. Warwick. I came out here to do you a favor. Your wife was afraid somebody might be trying to murder you. My wife told you that? Yeah. Then I know you're lying. Why? Because I have no wife. I'm not married. How long 
we going to sit here in the car, Brad? Until that redhead shows up. She and Warwick are bound to get in touch with each other sooner or later. You you think Mr. Warwick really is in danger? I don't know. But as long as you're with me, I don't mind waiting for developments. Keep your mind on your work, dear. My mind is. I can't hold hands with a revolver. Why not? No kick to it? Not as much as there is to Make a forty-five. Hey, there she is. Where? Across the street. Going towards Warwick's house. Quick, Brad, after it. Don't worry, baby. She won't get away this time. Hey there. Hey, hold up a second. Why, Mr. Runyon. Yeah, in the flesh. What's the idea of giving me the runaround, sister? What do you mean? I left a message for you, didn't I? Not with Mr. Warwick. Why did you tell me you were his wife? Well, I... I didn't want you to know who I was, so I used his name. You see, he's my attorney. Go on. Oh, don't be angry, Mr. Runyon. My name is Julie Chandler, and my husband really is in danger. I'm sure of it now. Don't tell me you want to hire a private detective. Well, I thought I'd speak to Mr. Warwick first. Why don't you want me on the case? I do. I mean, I will later on. When? After your husband's dead? Oh, Mr. Runyon, please don't talk like that. He's a very sick man. Who's making him that way? Oh, no, no, no. You don't understand. It's his heart. He's had an attack. I thought you said somebody's trying to murder him. Somebody is. But it's being done so subtly, I can't prove it. What do you mean? His nurse, Mr. Runyon. She's doing everything she can to hasten his death. Time and time again, she's left the windows wide open when they should have been closed. And his medicine is never within his reach if he should need it. How long has this been going on? Oh, for almost a month. It's the little things, Mr. Renan, the sly little things that nobody would notice. I wouldn't have noticed them myself. I hadn't found out she had a reason for killing him. What's the reason? She's mentioned in his will. Well, if you think she's deliberately trying to hasten his death, Mrs. Chandler, why do you keep her on? Why don't you fire her? I can't, Mr. Rendon. My husband won't let me. Come over to my car, Mrs. Chandler. We're going out to your home right away. Good heavens. What's the matter, Mrs. Chandler? Somebody left the trunk right here in the foyer. I did. Miss Welsh, what are you doing here? Why aren't you in taking care of Mr. Chandler? He's asleep. Is he? The light's on in his bedroom. It was. I just turned it off. Where are you going, Mrs. Chandler? Into the bedroom. No, no, please. You'll wake him up. Take your hand off me. I want to see him. No, don't go in there. Why not? Because... Because he isn't there. What? Where is he? I won't tell you. Good heavens. What have you done with him? Nothing, Mrs. Chandler. I'm just trying to help him get well. That's why I took him away from here. Oh, you little fool. Don't you know he mustn't exert himself? The slightest strain on his heart, he'll go like that. Where'd you take him, Miss Walsh? I'll cut out the nonsense. Where's he gone? To his club. I'm meeting him there as soon as his trunk is picked up, and then I'm taking him onto a boat. What boat? What's the big idea? He's going on a cruise for three weeks. The sea air will do him good. Who told you that? Dr. Bell told him to stay home and rest. How dare you countermand the doctor's orders? I didn't countermand them. Your husband did. But you didn't lift a finger to stop him. You weren't even going to tell me you were leaving. Well, don't worry, Mrs. Chandler. 
I'm sure your husband has everything he needs. And what's this? Over here on the desk. How did you let him leave without this bottle? What? It's his medicine, Miss Welsh. You forgot to pack his medicine. Sit down, sit down, Runyon. I'm not leaving the club till Miss Walsh gets here. Well, I don't want to tie you, Mr. Chandler, but I do wish you'd think twice about going on this cruise. What business is it of yours? None, really. As long as you know what you're doing. What makes you think I don't? Your wife, for one thing. And Miss Walsh for another. Watch your mouth, Runyon. You're talking about two people I care a lot about. You care a lot about your wife? I did. In the beginning. And now? Now I'm a sick man. I need somebody to take care of me. Somebody like Miss Walsh? Yes. I wouldn't put too much faith in her if I were you, Mr. Chandler. Oh? Why not? Because I'm not sure she has your best interest at heart. She might even be trying to kill you. Don't you dare say that. It's a possibility, Mr. Chandler. A good nurse doesn't let a patient disobey the doctor's orders. And a good nurse would never forget to pack your medicine. What are you talking about? Your medicine, Mr. Chandler. She lets you go without it. You're crazy. I have my medicine. What? Look. It's right here in my bag. Hello? Hello, Kathy. This is Brad. Oh, yes, Brad. Anything happened up there at the Chandler place? Anybody trying to get away? No, the nurse and Mrs. Chandler are still here, but the trunk's gone. And Miss Walsh wants to go, too. All right, let her. Oh, but Brad... Let her go, Kathy. Then hop into a cab and follow every move she makes. Take Mrs. Chandler with you. I'll pick you up later on, down at the pier. All right, Brad. What are you going to do? Stop in at Todd's pharmacy and have a talk with the druggist. Why? What's the matter? I don't know yet. I have a feeling Mr. Chandler has the wrong medicine. Now, let me get this straight, Mr. Todd. You say a nurse came in here about a week ago and had a prescription made up for Mr. Chandler. That's right. The prescription was written by Dr. Bell. And the medicine is a heart stimulant. Yes, it's only used in emergencies when a man is having an attack. Very often, it can save his life. Well, what about the other prescription, the one that was made up a day later? Oh, that's just a harmless sedative made up in liquid form. But both liquids are colorless. And if one bottle was substituted for another, a man having a heart attack might not know the difference. No, I guess not, Mr. Runyon. Then what would happen if he took the sedative instead of the stimulant? It might kill him, mightn't it? Yes, I suppose it would. If he didn't have the stimulant when he needed it... He might die even without taking the sedative. That's beside the point. The important thing is, a bottle with your label was needed to make the substitution. And the nurse who bought that bottle is trying to commit a murder. But the nurse didn't buy it, Mr. Runyon. The second bottle was bought by Mrs. Chandler. over the ship for you, baby. Where's Chandler and Miss Walsh? On deck here somewhere. They didn't go to his stateroom. What about Mrs. Chandler? Where's she? I don't know. We came down to the pier together, but she said she had to make a phone call to that lawyer, Mr. Warwick. 
That might have been an excuse to get away. Get away? I didn't know you were after a Brad. I am now, but it's more important to find a husband first. Where's his cabin? Right next door. Let's go in. If I don't find him before the ship sails, he may have a very rough voyage. Well, the ship doesn't sail till six tomorrow morning, so you'll have plenty of time. Good. We'll wait inside if it's open. And it is. Brad, look out. There's somebody inside with a flashlight. Quick, turn on the lights. No, please, let me go. Drop that gun, you fool. Drop it, I said. That's better. How about those lights, Kathy? I've got them. Well, Mrs. Chandler. In person. Let me go, you big heart. I will when you tell me what you are doing here. Can't you see? I was putting a bottle of medicine in my husband's kit. Don't give me that. I was. I was putting it back where it belonged. The right medicine. Then you admit there's a wrong one. Yes, I admit it. I bought it and changed bottles so my husband would die if he ever needed his medicine. That's attempted murder, Mrs. Chandler. I don't care. I wanted him to die. I wanted him to ever since he fell in love with Miss Walsh. So that's the story. You tried to finish off your husband and make it look as if his nurse had done it. Yes. And now you've changed your mind again. You've changed your mind because you knew I'd find out about it sooner or later. No. I, I couldn't go through with That's it. That's a lie. Why did you try to hire me in the first place? Because I... I thought I could make you suspicious of Miss Walsh. If anything happened, I want the police to blame her. Well, you're a lousy murderer, Mrs. Chandler. But then most of them are. What are you going to do with me? I don't know yet. I'm going to see that your husband gets the right medicine first. And after he's back from this cruise, I'll find out if he wants to press charges. I'm going with him. Not on your life. You're going to spend the night with Kathy, Mrs. Chandler. And you're not going to leave her apartment until after the ship sails. Ah, good morning, baby. For heaven's sake, Brad. Why the early call? It's only seven o'clock. Just wanted to know how you and Mrs. Chandler were making out. No trouble last night. No, not a bit. Good morning, Mr. Runyon. Good morning. Did you have a nice rest, Mrs. Chandler? I'd have had a nicer one on board that ship. I know. Your husband wouldn't have slept a wink. You can patch up your family differences after he gets back. You mean I'm free to go now? Sure, whenever you want. I'll get it, honey. Hello. Hello, Runyon. Yeah? Hey, that's a fine place to find you, 7 o'clock in the morning. Never mind, Mac. What are you doing up so early? What's cooking at headquarters? Plenty. You better get down here to Pier 6 right away. Pier 6? What's down there? A ship that didn't sail because of a guy you know. What? Yeah, a guy named Chandler. He was found dead in his stateroom. There's the body, Mac. The medical examiner's got it, but I can show you exactly where it was. Where? Right here in this bed. His nurse found him lying here with his eyes open about 5 o'clock in the morning. Said he must have had a heart attack during the night. Why? Because he took some of this medicine, see? The bottle was opened and the spoon's been used. Then why are you making all this fuss? If the man died of a heart attack, why not let it go at that? Because there's a lot more to it. What do you mean? The medicine in that bottle, Runyon, that's no heart medicine. What? It's just plain water. Hello? This is me, Brad. Oh, yeah? Have you still got Mrs. Chandler in your apartment? Yeah. We were just getting ready to go down to the ship. Well, don't. Keep her at your place until I get there. I'll be up in ten minutes. All right, I'll do the best I can. Watch your step, kid. She may be dangerous. Okay, Brad, I'll see you later. Anything new? No. Uh, Brad just called to tell us not to go down to the ship. But why not? Well, he's he, sailing in a few minutes, so he's coming up here. You're not telling the truth. Don't be silly. What would I have to hide? I don't know. 
But I'm not going to stay here any longer. Wait a minute. Where are you going? What difference does it make? I can go out, can't I? Well, of course, but Brad wants to talk to you. About what? About your husband. He thinks Miss Walsh might have uh, killed him. I don't believe you. Do I'm going. Let me go, you little fool. Who's that? I don't know, but I'm not going to answer it. If you are, if you don't, I won't. You little devil. There you throw me down. Just a little judo, Mrs. Chandler. The fat man showed me that. Now stay where you are till I open the door. Yes? You don't remember me, do you? What? I hear Mr. Warwick, Mrs. Chandler's attorney. That's right. Dick, how did you know I was here? The fat man left word at your home. They told me you spent the night here. Oh, I see. Come in, Mr. Warwick. Thank you. Perhaps you can persuade Mrs. Chandler to wait here till the fat man gets back. On the contrary. I think Mrs. Chandler better leave right away. Why do you think... Quick, Julie. Tie my handkerchief over my mouth. Do as I say. Hurry. You've got to get out of here. Why, what's wrong? Don't you know? It's in all the papers that your husband was murdered. He can't blame me. I was here last night. You weren't here all night, Julie. You must have slipped out for a while when this girl was asleep. No. Stop lying, will you? I saw you on the pier at three o'clock this morning. What's the good of running away, Dick? It'll only make me look guilty. I'm not going anywhere, Julie. I just want to keep you away from the police until I hear your story. Whatever you say to them will be held against you. But I didn't kill him. I went down to the ship because I knew I might never see him again. I didn't want him to hate me for... Julie, will you stop wasting time and get into the car? Right, Dick. Don't shout at me. Quick, get behind the wheel and start the motor. The fat man's coming. Oh, no. Hurry up, will you, before he sees us. Dick, he's coming over. Don't wait for him. Go ahead. Just a minute, Mrs. Chandler. Stop that car. Step on it, Julie. Faster, faster. Turn the corner. Quick, he's shooting at us. Dick, this can't be right. Do as I say. That's it, Julie. No need for the... Now, head for the parkway and we'll never find us. Dick. Dick, why are you making me do this? Because you're in trouble. Sooner or later, they'll find out that I helped you with your plans. But we didn't carry out our plans. Not unless you did. All by yourself. Julie, don't be a fool. I went out of that ship because I got a wire from him at 2 o'clock this morning. It said he had to see me right away about his new will. That's why I know you must have killed him. What do you mean? You were there before I was, Julie. And he was dead when I got to his room. Happy. You all right, honey? Oh, why, of course, Brad. They didn't hurt me. They just tied me up and left me on the floor here. Well, it's a lucky thing you got off that easy. Even if you did let the murderer get away. The, the murderer? Yeah. The dame must have slipped out of here last night while you were asleep. She was seen down at the pier early this morning. You mean she got out of this apartment and back in without my knowing it? Uh-huh. You must be a heavy sleeper. You are, baby. You're an early one, too. What time did you two go to bed last night? About half past two. Half past two? Are you sure she was here till half past two? Positive. Why? Because the medical report gives her a perfect alibi. Chandler was dead by two (laughs) o'clock. Come on, Kathy. Warwick's office is in the next one down. What makes you think you'll find anything in there? He was Chandler's lawyer, wasn't he? You ought to have a copy of the old boy's will. And that's something I'd like to see. I have a passkey here. 
With Mike's permission, I got it from the super. Brad, there's a light on in the inner office. Certainly there is. Mrs. Chandler and I don't see very well in the dark. Won't you come in? Well, thank you, Mr. Warwick. Last time we met, you were kind of anxious to get away. Yes, I know. But at that time, I didn't realize my client had such a strong case. What kind of a case have you got, Mr. Warwick? Me? I didn't know I was a suspect. You, you weren't so intensely interested in Mrs. Chandler. Mrs. Chandler is my client, Mr. Runyon. That's as far as my interest goes. Okay, Warwick. Only you better wipe the lipstick off your chin. Huh? What a guilty look. Get out of here, Runyon. Want to try throwing me? Dick, please, don't start the argument. No, you better not, Mr. Chandler. You might lose. In court and out. Stop your bluffing, Runyon. I have nothing to fear from you. Neither of us have anything to fear. Because we know who killed my husband. Who? Miss Walsh, of course. She's the only one who could have put water in that bottle of medicine. For what reason? What was her motive, Warwick? Money. Chandler had a new will drawn up by another lawyer. And he left her every cent he had. There. There's your killer, Mr. Runyon. Coming in the door now. That's a lie. I was in love with him. To the tune of $100,000. No, I didn't want his money. I wanted him. She took him away from me. Here, drop that gun. No. Drop it, you crazy fool. Oh, please, please. Let me do it. Let me get even with him for killing him. Stop this noise. <laughs> this is an act you're putting on for my benefit. Cut it out. What do you mean? You know what I mean. Sandler left you all his money in a new will, and you killed him for it. No, I wanted him to live, even if I were after his money. I wanted him to live. What are you talking about? The new will, Mr. Runyon. Don't you understand? Mr. Chandler had it drawn up, but he died before it was signed. Ah, it doesn't make any sense, Ronnie. It just doesn't make any sense. Why not, Mac? Because I've been over every inch of this stateroom, and there isn't a mark or a fingerprint to prove that the murderer was in here last night. Maybe what? Ah, don't be silly, Kathy. He had to be. He poured that medicine at Chandler's into this sink. What? We found traces of it in the receptacle underneath. You mean the murderer came in here, emptied the bottle of medicine, and filled it with water right in front of Chandler's eyes? Oh, that doesn't make sense. Well, Chandler might have been asleep. When? I stayed outside this door till after one o'clock. And at one thirty, he sent a telegram to Warwick. At two o'clock, he was dead and the door was locked from the inside. Well, that's why I can't understand it, Runyon. The murderer couldn't have gotten in here and yet he did. He didn't, Mac. The murderer was in this room all the time. Huh? Chandler poured that medicine out himself, and he filled the bottle up again with water. What do you think? He killed himself, Kathy. Let himself die. Because he knew he was going to anyway. But why did he make it look as if somebody had switched medicines? Because somebody had once before. So he figured she'd get the blame for it. His wife? Exactly. It all fits in. The new will that hadn't been signed. The telegram to Warwick canceling the old one. And the cruise itself. Any one of them was a motive for murder in the eyes of the Lord. But he missed the boat just the same. Yeah. He missed it all right. If we don't get moving, we'll miss the pier. Well, that's that. It seems I spend my life in getting into trouble and getting out of it. But at the same time, I generally manage to get some other people in and out of trouble, too. Be seeing you again. So long.
welcome back. Well, this story lives up to its title. I mean, uh, when uh, she decided to be uncertain and wishy-washy, she just kind of... Uh, uh, really went for it with all she had. Don't see that too often with that particular characteristic. Did I miss in here, uh, the, with the suicide solution, how they got the witness who stated that she came on the boat at the time uh, before the murder? I also continue to enjoy Brad and Cassie. They have such a really nice relationship, and it's fun. She doesn't even mind being press-ganged into uh, being uh, his assistant and dealing with dangerous criminals unarmed. It's just, you know, part of, uh, you know, a day in the life of the girlfriend of the fat man. All right, well, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Gina, Patreon supporter since June of last year, currently supporting us at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Gina. And that will actually do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for The Man Called X, and we'll be back uh, next Tuesday with another episode of The Fat Man. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.